Hello and welcome back to the ACSC podcast. Thank you very much for the support. I've got to say, I think I started it every week saying this, but now episode three is the highest viewed video we've ever had. And I think it's blown expectation. I think we're nearly at 250 views on that one. So thank you all for the support. Uh, head over to our Twitter, which we're now pushing a lot more. It's going to be, I think, weekly giveaways we're going to start doing for the FIFA guys out there. If you're not a FIFA fan, you can have to just the cash instead. But head over there. Warren's doing a fantastic job over there. And I'll let Warren introduce himself this week. Right. So, uh, yeah, first of all, obviously, say thank you. Obviously, what we've done on Twitter, it's been brilliant. Um, I think for this week, we'll probably do a small giveaway and then see how that does. And then obviously we go even bigger when we start getting more of you following. Brill. Uh, so I think this week, it's a bit of an interesting one. We're going to talk about the January transfer window because it's now the 19th of January as the time we're recording this episode. And I can't tell you one big transfer room or anything I've seen happening this window as of yet. It's, <laughs> it's a weird one. Than it is uh, the Premiership, and I, was, I don't know. We're going to sort of, sort of talk about it a bit more, but one argument I've seen a lot of people saying is this down to COVID as well? Is this happening a bit? I think it is. Clubs are probably saying a bit scared to spend the money because they don't know what the situation is going to be like. But I think the argument for me is the, the money's always been on a downward spiral. Looking at the figures, uh, see, we spent well, the Premier League in 2018 spent 430 million in January. The year after, it was 180 million. So it's it's always going down. And I think some players, I think we'll, I've got, I've picked four out. We can sort of talk about in a bit more detail each one. So we'll start with Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, obviously, I think that was two years ago. Now was it three? Two. So two. So obviously, two years ago. Uh, obviously, with City, where we come one point behind them. Yeah. Second season, so this would be his third season. Uh, technically, his third now as of January. Um, obviously, a seventy-five million pound sign at the time, and I think a lot at the time fans thought you lot overpaid for him because it was January. Uh, and obviously, the argument is if you guys waited until potentially the summer, could you have got him for cheaper? Do you think? I honestly don't think so. To be honest, um, they obviously they they were on the radar with especially with Man City, they wanted him as well. Um, I presume there would probably be other other clubs in for him. And there was only, only be a bidding war. And obviously, if South, uh, Liverpool weren't going to put that kind of money up, what City can uh, offer, we've got no chance of speak, speaking to him at all, even for personal terms. Yeah. Um, no, I, no, I don't, to be honest. I think, it, obviously, like Klopp's always, when he first started at Liverpool, he always said, uh, for transfers in and out, if he doesn't have the full uh, full decision of who's in and out, he he wouldn't be coming to Liverpool anyway. Yeah, and that's it was his uh, decision to get Van Dijk, so it was his man he wanted anyway. Oh yeah, and I agree. And I think, like you sort of said there, if you didn't make that gamble, then you'd obviously got into a bidding situation that could have potentially been higher. Uh, and I think a situation I think we mentioned it a minute ago is obviously. Harry Maguire is now more expensive, and I think, I think this season Maguire has been better. He has uh, probably started season. He had a few shaky ones. He had, but then obviously I think that was a lot of personal stuff going on as well. Obviously, he had his fighting, he was doing out in Greece, etc., and his head probably wasn't in the right space. But I was seeing a few posts about it, sort of saying he's not getting the respect on his name he deserves at the moment because he is 
leading that United side at the back quite well at the moment. Uh, obviously, they got a good result to you guys, you know, no draw the other night. Um, but it's, it's one of them questions. I think there's no denying Van Dijk has been your key man. I think it's one of them proven that the January fans window there has favoured you guys. Uh, and we can sort of move it into the still team about Liverpool was Felipe Coutinho uh, when he left you guys for 142 million to Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> and he cost us 8.5 million. Uh, I was a massive fan of that sign. Obviously, growing up, I used to love like career mode and stuff. And he was a like, potential superstar. And I was surprised yeah. that Milan let him go for that price. The thing is, he was playing at Inter Milan as well. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, like you said, I, I don't understand why they did let him go when I presume he was with Mourinho at that time. Yeah. And obviously, they must have sent something in him, but or they had plans of that they were going to replace him with someone else. It's one of them. Like, you see some of them signs, but obviously, when he goes to, and when he was on his day at you guys, he was one of the most exciting players to watch in the Premier League. Um, and obviously it begs to differ do you think being in January that transfer window that Barca had to pay a premium as such for him it is always going to be wasn't it as such as um, well Barcelona wanted him so you know what the big clubs are like <laughs> whack that money in so they can get him before anyone else does as such yeah yeah exactly obviously it didn't really work out for him at Barcelona obviously he's back there now uh, but I believe he's had quite a big injury since he's come back this season. Um, obviously, went on loan to Bayern Munich last year. I think anyone that goes to Bayern Munich at the moment is hitting the gym ridiculously hard and it literally bolts him up to become an animal. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a private style. <laughs> okay, if, if you haven't watched it, go back to season one. Me and Adil are massive fans of obviously the transformation. These players, I don't know what they're doing at Bayern Munich, but they are literally on steroids. Like every player is massive now. And obviously Coutinho, I think it helped his game massively. It was a big weakness in his was his, I'd say like his body strength and et cetera like that. Yeah, he had all the physical ability. It's his physicality. Exactly that. Um, we'll sort of move it on still. Similar. So a lot of them have been Liverpool-based. Fernando Torres, uh, this is quite a few seasons ago, obviously a £50 million move to Chelsea. The thing is, it was big money at that time, wasn't it? £50 million. I think that was... The record at the time of the in like in Britain, well, Britain itself, the Premier League was the biggest transfer in yeah, must Suarez must have been one of the biggest ones after that. Yeah, obviously Andy Carroll was quite big then. I think that's a sort of the same window. Um I think it was what, I think it was the same window you done because you sold him and then brought him in. And uh, yeah. But it was another one of them. I think at the time it was a massive shock and it was a huge intent from Chelsea at the time to spend that in January. And obviously it didn't work. And I think that was already not partly down to Torres because he was already past it. Yeah. I think I think Torres is one of them players that he had his peak when he was 24, 25. It, it, with him, obviously, he just had, especially with Liverpool, he had that one-to-one connection with Gerrard of mm-hmm. them playing between the two each, each time for them to get the goals. But... With his age, obviously, he was coming along, and obviously, Liverpool thought it was the right time to get rid of him if they, they were obviously thinking he was going downhill a bit. And obviously, it was a very, I think, I don't really have to word it, it was a transfer that shocked a lot of fans. Obviously, I saw, I remember seeing it. It was the last day, last couple of hours. Yeah, and I think it was a, 
I remember seeing lots of things, obviously Torres shirts being burned and stuff like because obviously he was a massive part of your club. I think it hurt, well, especially me, I think it hurt a lot of Liverpool fans when he said he was going to a bigger club. Mm. Yeah. For the English League, you don't really, I wouldn't put it on par. (laughs) I'm going to agree, obviously, I'm going to agree. I think Chelsea are probably one of the most hated clubs in the league, and obviously that's down to the money side of things as well. Um, But we can also then talk about probably in my opinion, one of the top players, probably the best midfielder in the league right now, um, on form, is Bruno Fernandes. Uh, £47 million signing, obviously, last January to United. Uh, and what a player he's been for them. Uh, I think we've mentioned it quite a few times, the reputation he's got this year and how he's been the leading man. Um, wasn't that good the other night, I must say, when I was watching him. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he knew that himself. Think, yeah, and I think, but the thing is, that is a thing I like to see in him. And a player like that is he knew he had a bad game and he wasn't happy about it. Um, but I think even still, obviously, when he was moaning that he uh, obviously he had to come off because obviously McTominay just went onto the sideline because he was injured. Yeah, and obviously they were saying about him coming off. Even oh, he's one of those blokes. He even said in an interview he wants to fight for his team no matter what the circumstances are, defending wise or attacking wise. He wants to be there. Yeah. to help go further. And I think he's a shoe-in in any team at the moment. He could walk into any team, I think, in the world currently. He was he was brilliant at sporting, though. Even though, obviously, it's a lower league than that, he was at, I've admired him for quite a few years, and obviously we had that, I think we've t- spoken to it before, yeah. where sporting had the fans uh, revolt against the players, and then, yeah. obviously, their contract being uh, cut up. Which Liverpool could have gotten for free then, and obviously yeah. after a, like a month or so, Sporting offered another contract, and he said, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, like these are, I think, what sort of, I sort of wanted to highlight some of these are success stories of January. Um, but in my opinion, I think I was sort of discussing it with you earlier. Is I don't see a need for a January transfer window as such anymore. It's not been, I'll say, relevant anymore. It's. Something I think it's quite outdated due to the fact that you you have to pay this premium for players because clubs can't afford to let them go. Um, obviously, you look at like some of the clubs in the lower lower division, well, not divisions, but the lower echelons in the Premier League. They're not going to be willing to lose someone like say Ollie Watkins, who's been in great form this year. Yeah. If say Spurs someone come in bid 50, 60 million, they're going to have to consider it from a financial point of view. But realistically, can they afford to let him go down and get relegated? Oh, no, 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 um, not at all, no. Um, and this is the thing that's like, our sort of an idea it's, I'll consider, it could be quite good, is you still have the summer transfer window as such where it is in a model of the same. But then when that window closes until the next summer, you're allowed to make one permanent sign-in whenever you want and you're allowed two loans. So that sort of then allows you to have that freedom of looking around when you get, say, a potential injury. Uh, to sort of, sort of like your situation this year, that could then have allowed you, before the whole injury crisis got out of hand, you could have made a centre-back signing to sort of ease that pressure. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, with it, I don't know. Obviously, if it's got to be, if we're going to do that kind of situation, it's going to be have to go on for other leagues as well, isn't it? If we can... Uh, of course. Out, 
um, obviously making a sign a signing whenever you want. Yeah, it's gonna if it obviously the other leagues don't do it. Half the league is not going to let you get out the person, are they? Because yeah. obviously they can't face them then. Uh, I think COVID's come into it massively when you look at it for spending-wise. Obviously, a lot of clubs are trying to recoup a kind of what they've lost and don't want to spend anything. Yeah. I think if it was a normal year and obviously we wasn't in a situation, I think we'd see players flying in and out. I but, think also... I think I saw a thing that's just before we started that even Pep Guardiola of City have come out and said they're not looking to bring anyone in this January. Uh, and obviously for a club like City who have been notoriously, I think they've spent over a billion or something like that in the last 10 years. It it goes to show that it is hitting clubs a lot harder than people think. It, uh, I don't think it can really hit Man City. If you said they bought a new, another club, <laughs> I know they obviously like that. But I think it's obviously going to take a hit in their revenues, etc. It's a big loss the financial side of things of the fans. It's the match day they spend in there as well. I can understand that, but it is a big obviously like your club model. I know is very unique in the fact that you don't actually put any money in as such. It is all money that's made. I think uh, even from transfers, you don't physically can make a loss on any signings. No, not even with Jota, wasn't it? Obviously, it was a payment plan, and then exactly. we sold. Oh, uh, ho- uh, however, or who? Did he? Where did he go in? Was it Wolves? Or went to, um, he went the other way, didn't he? To Wolves for twenty yeah. million. Yeah. So you'll see them things like that come into it, uh, and obviously. We can sort of try and talk about some transfer rumours. I found some. There's not many. And a lot of them are more foreign ones. But obviously, I think a lot of them are also playing into the summer. So, Jeannie Wijnaldum is one I've seen talked around a little bit this window. Obviously, out of contract in the summer. Uh, Barcelona are massive rumoured. Obviously, with Koeman being the manager there, I can see him going there. Um, I've, I've kind of set my mind to where he's going now. Um, I don't think he'll be a massive loss for you guys. He is one of them players that doesn't get a, as much mention, and I think as he should. Um, oh, look at when you look at what he, he did for uh, us against Barcelona. Yeah, he—it's a lot of it. A lot of our midfielders are defensive, and it kind of shows with of what they do. Is you don't really see it. Mm. The whole kind of uh, sight of it is the front three. Banging goals in, or Van Dijk like, making a great, uh, yeah. a great. You don't really hear mention of uh, Henderson or uh, even Van Alden about what their performance has been like. Yeah, um, so I think that's why I, obviously Kuman knows him from his time being the Dutch uh, manager. He knows how to get the best out of him because his record, I think, recently for Holland. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously I think that might have, I've seen a lot of rumours we were interested in offering but I can't see us even getting anywhere close to negotiation the wages and that's the thing is, and it's one thing I think an ambition side of things what's the appeal coming to us at the moment when it's gone from being Premier League champions with you winning the Champions League we're nowhere near that level at the moment um, and that's the thing there uh, Meza Ozil, the whole saga, I think that is finally come to an end. Uh, <laughs> look, now, it hasn't been officially confirmed, but I can't expect to be much longer going to Fenerbahce in Turkey. Um, I'm a massive fan of Meza Ozil, I always have been. I've been a big backer of him for the last three, four years, where I was saying I think 
if he was given the freedom to do what he wants to do on the pitch, he could have been a lot better. But football's changed. That I would say that number ten role he used to have at Madrid doesn't really exist in football as much anymore. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have that sort of go in the middle and just free roam and do what you want. It's so much more structured. You look at the likes of Fernandez; he's a box to box player now, um, and that sort of I say laziness in a footballer is not needed anymore. You can't get away with it of just standing on the edge of the box waiting for the ball to come to make your action. Um, but I am sad to see in goals. He had many good memories of us. I think this is obviously the goal everyone comes back to the Champions League one against Ludogorets, where he'd done the little dink over the player around the three of them. Um, but I think freeing up £350,000 a week is massive for us. Do you, how long has he not been playing for? Two seasons? I'll probably say it's this year he's not even in the squad, but he's still yeah. being paid, obviously. Um, so that's been six months of us paying him 350 grand a week and he's not even a registered player for even any squad. Um, and realistically, I'll say probably about a year and a half before that, he's had probably a handful of games. But then I, for uh, Arsenal, I don't understand how normally how careful they are with money. Mm. They have not rid of him sooner. I think the biggest problem is his wage. No one wants to touch him. Because he's not willing to part with that type of... And do you blame him? You're being paid 350 grand a week. Are you going to part with that and say, oh, I'm going to take 150? You're not. I get it. <laughs> I get it completely. I understand. But like you're saying, we've been notoriously very strict. We don't. We never really gave players over 100 grand a week. And I think that all got blown out of the water with the whole Sanchez situation. Um and that was really the start of the downfall of us in the long term is that players were holding us to ransom. They'll get their contract down to the last year, say they're not going to sign until we offer them more money. And obviously we saw it happen so many times. Van Persie obviously left as well, but Ramsey most recently, I was gutted when we let him go on a free. Uh, I don't think he's really even done much at Juve, but I liked him when he was in the Premiership. I absolutely loved Ramsey. And he was one of them players that played for the badge. He loved Arsenal. Uh, yeah. It just really didn't work because we weren't offering the money. But he had every right to ask. I think he was asking for about 200 grand a week. But that's because we offered Ozil 350. Aubameyang, I think, is on about 250 now. Lacazette's on about 125. These players who are not performing are being paid so much more than the players that are. Things It seems crazy, doesn't it? Say, if, obviously, if I'm on £12 an hour and I'm asking for pay rise, no one's going to batter an eyelid. <laughs> but because it's football, and obviously I know it's high-range money, and it doesn't help with media all the time. No. No. Um, but, but from a, I'll say from a, a lot of Arsenal fans will probably agree, is I'm just glad the whole thing can be put to bed. And I think I'll talk about one player we've been rumoured, well, two that we've been rumoured with as a replacement is Husam Awa, obviously massively linked last summer. Um but I don't think it's going to happen now. The rumours have died down and it looks like our interest is now turning to Bedina uh, of Norwich. Uh, yeah, do you see how much they want for him though? I think it's around 40 million they want. I got reported, uh, well, I saw the reports earlier. Apparently they wanted like 65 for him. It, it seems to be going up because from the talks at the start, it was meant to be about 25. Yeah. Um, personally, if it's around 40 million mark, I'd rather take Alwa. 
because that was around the same money. Awar is proven in the Champions League level. Uh, but there's no design. I do think Bedin is a very good player. Obviously, proved himself last year in the Premier League. I think he was only behind Arnold and Robbo for chances created last year in the Premier League. So he, he's one of them players that I think is what we're missing, that creative flair. Don't get me wrong, I think Smith Rowe has been doing a very good job recently. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to be putting all that pressure on him. We've done it too often. Obviously, look at Saka. Don't get me wrong, Saka is probably one of the most exciting talents we've got in English football. But the amount of pressure that is on that kid to perform right now, leading Arsenal, we can't rely on youth. We need to be bringing in players around them to support them and let them develop in their own time. Not putting all this... Don't get me wrong, I think Saka can handle it. But you don't want to burn these kids out like we've done before with Theo. I think Theo Walcott was a player that got ruined by hype. Yeah, very true that one. Obviously, obviously, we've had the kind of situation with with Liverpool as well. With obviously the youth we've been using, they've been, to be honest, they've been they've been brilliant. But there's the ones of you can't keep playing them week in, week out. Otherwise, like you said, you will burn them out, and then end of the day, they'll be be looked at the, uh, on the back burner because they haven't, haven't been doing very well. I think, like you said, you mentioned a minute ago, the media, the media play a big problem in this because. Smith Rowe's only played, I think, five games in the Premier League. Yet they're already talking about him being a placement for Urzel. Don't get me wrong, Urzel's probably one of the best attacking midfielders of all time. Yeah. There's no denying what he'd done in the Premier League at the start. He was he's what he'd done at Madrid. You're talking about a player who was renowned, has won the World Cup, Champions League, La Liga, to a player who's played five games. <laughs> like this is a massive problem where you're putting so much hype on a player. Um, and that, that's going to kill these players off um, but before we go on too much I'll see a few more rumours I think going back to our contract situation is Lionel Messi uh, obviously last summer was very close I think the closest I think we've ever seen to Messi leaving Barcelona Man City were massively rumoured it looks more like if anything he's going to move to potentially America maybe Beckham, isn't it? His team into Miami. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've just got Phil Neville as a manager now. I don't know if everyone's seen that. Obviously, now left the England women's team. Same calibre, isn't it? Same <laughs> <laughs> calibre of player, Neville with uh, Messi. <laughs> uh, you know what? You're saying that Alphonse Davies probably the best left back in the world, come from the uh, MLS. No, but I, I mean, as such as obviously uh, uh, Phil Neville as a player. Managing that kind of calibre of Messi. yeah, the second yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I don't know. I think I don't want to see Messi go to America yet. He's still got plenty of years in him. Uh, I think he just needs a fresh start somewhere else. He's not happy, but it's shown this season. He's not scoring as much. I think he got sent off for the first time ever in his career at the weekend. I don't know if you saw his incident. Yeah, uh, uh, obviously uh, slapped him, wasn't it? Uh, He's more like a freaking punch. He fell on and freaking brutalised him. (laughs) There was intent there, you could see. And I think that's more frustration coming in. He's not happy at the situation there. Um, And I thought, I mean, I think Barca should have more respect for him. He's their, arguably their biggest player ever. Let him go. If he's not happy, just move it on. They didn't want to lose their best player, though, did they, as such? It's like any, any team wouldn't want to. Of course, but I think more than anything... Ronaldo wasn't getting unhappy at Madrid. They let him move on. They knew when yeah. their time was up. 
because they weren't going to get the best out of him. Yeah. And the thing is, obviously, they had, they got quite a bit of money for him, didn't they? Also, or is they, they got <laughs> what they paid for him. 80 million, wasn't it? <laughs> they got what they paid for him, and there's no denying that. Uh, we'll talk about another, someone else. Declan Rice, a lot more rumours coming around again. Obviously, the Chelsea rumours are still there massively. Um, Declan Rice is a player I've been very critical about him before. Uh, I think it was in one of my, the episodes we've done where potential England 2022 squad. I yeah. said I'm not sure about him, and I think I'm still not sure. I don't think they know where his best position is. He's obviously still playing, I think, the holding mid. I see him as a centre-back. He's not the most technical player, I don't think. But um, David Moose, then. I think he's one of those. There's no he is going going forward, but he just doesn't. You think of a holding midfield player now; they are very technical. They can pass. They can go forward. They can go back. I don't see him having all those top qualities. He's a good defender, um, but is he Chelsea calibre? It's always the same with Danny Drinkwater, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. very true. And then obviously. I think was it? Did he go after the year after they won the prem, or was it a few a couple of years I think later? It was a year after he stayed one more season, then he went to Chelsea. How many games? How many games he played now for Chelsea? Is he, he's left? I think he's gone to Transit, no. or is it in Turkey on loan? Yeah, um, and that just goes to show sometimes it's not the right move. I think if Declan Rice stayed at West Ham, I think he could become captain there, club legend, etc. Sometimes it's better staying at them type of clubs. For your own, uh, well, I I would personally because even going on youth, well, look at uh, Josh McEachern when he was at Chelsea. Yeah, he was playing in, playing him in Champions League, and I, to be honest, I hadn't even heard of him for ages now. Didn't even know where he is. I want to say he's down in the Championship or something like that now, but it could be even lower than that. Um, and I completely agree that some players they look at the development, so the amount of players that have gone from playing at these levels, I think. Scott Sinclair was one. He went to City from... Who did he move from? Was it Stoke? No. Fulham? Someone like that. Went to City. Was on the bench every single game. Never got game time. And I think he ended up going to Celtic for a while. Yeah. And now he's at Luton. Has he gone to Luton now? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing is, it can ruin your career instantly. Um. I think that could be an episode we can do a bit more talking about some uh, failed players. We've done it before, but we can do it again. Funny to talk about. (laughs) Uh, I think the last rumour, I think the sort of rumour that's going around is David Alaba. Uh, I don't think it's officially confirmed yet, but all the big sources, the likes of... uh, Paperwork. And they said every sort out in a couple of weeks. Going to Real Madrid. And I think, obviously, I've seen a lot of reports that he's always said since he was young he wants to play for Madrid, so... It did, uh, I'm trying to think of the agent now. The agent's on Twitter and he's literally spot on all the time. Uh, so then, is it Fabri? Yeah, Fabri- yeah. yeah. Um, when, you, when you see him say, here we go, you know it's happening. <laughs> he said that Liverpool actually were in for Alaba, but Alaba wanted to go to Madrid. He's, I think it's one of them. I think, I think we've always said it before is, if you've always wanted to play from when you're younger and you get, I think, two clubs if they ever come for you, Barca or Real, you're not saying no, regardless of where you are. Um, these days, I'd probably say, but obviously, in the past, I you you wouldn't obviously you'd go there straight away. But they haven't it's, had two players. It's, it's still the reputation, though. It's the name. Yeah. 
Um, I think even like if you're going by form now, you guys would be up there. Uh, Bayern Munich, obviously, I think they're probably still, I think, the best team in Europe right now. Um, Dortmund, awful. <laughs> Dortmund, well, obviously, a player that I have seen a few rumours recently is Chelsea are willing to break the bank in the summer to get Haaland. Oh. Um, I think he's been reported on BBC as well, things like that. They are willing to break it. And obviously, he does have a release clause coming in, not this summer, next summer. Um, I think it's about only about 60 million. It's very cheap. Um, I think you'll probably see this summer Dortmund try and give him a new contract to remove that. <laughs> is that um, that's obviously going to be because I don't, the thing is, if they were performing, he might have changed his mind. But this season, they've been awful. Um, obviously, Liverpool could have could have had him, but they bought Minamino instead. <laughs> Because he was, he was decent against Liverpool, both legs he was when we were against um, him. When he was at Salzburg? Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I think if you're going by out-and-out, out, what I'd say, a typical striker, I don't think there's many better or better than him in the world right now as a youngster. Um, his potential is frightening. He's so clinical in front of goal. I haven't seen him his aerial attributes as much because it's normally on the floor with Dorman, but you probably put him as a if he, if he can head a ball, he's a, like a, a faster version of Lewandowski. He reminds me a lot of Ibra. He's got that personality as well about him. That arrogance. Exactly. <laughs> but it's not a bad thing in certain players. Like Ibra. I think there's no denying, obviously, we're going on a bit of tangent, but we might as well. Ibra this year, I think it's the second highest top scorer in Serie A with Milan. He's fired oh. back to the top of the league. Yeah. Uh, Milan, obviously, I think it's an interesting dynamic. Milan are in the top two again. Yeah. Is Ibra is getting better as he gets older. There's no... Because I did see without him, I think it must have been just before Christmas. I think uh, Ibra was out. He had a thigh injury. They weren't getting the goals. And then soon as obviously, I see, I think it was yesterday, the day before. Yeah. The goals in again. <laughs> yeah. I think he's come back from injury and he's, he's a leader. People respect him. And I think Haaland is getting like that. Obviously, he's arrogant. I don't know if you've seen some of his interviews he does. He's just that arrogant player as well. But he knows he's got the ability. Um, Wasn't he born in England? He was born in Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> he's always said, the truth, he's always said that he would like to play for Leeds when he's older. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously his dad played for Leeds for a while. And, uh, I, I don't know if you have ever seen it, his dad and Roy Keane. No. So basically his dad injured Roy Keane and put him out for the season. So Roy Keane, right. then Roy Keane ended his career. Oh, really? Yeah, he basically like... I'll try and find a video and I'll send it to you. He basically two-footed him in the fire and basically ended his career as revenge. But that just sums up Roy Keane, really, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Yep. <laughs> um, I think for this week, that's enough. I think we've rambled on and got very distracted about other topics like Ebra. But uh, let us guys know of any topics you'd like us to talk about. We're more than willing to hear anything and everything. Um, even if it's, I'll say, FIFA-related as well, hear us up. We're big fans of it. I think Warren had his best weekend league this week ever. Yeah. Um, giveaway. This comes out 
So if we say probably a giveaway around about seven, half seven, people got plenty of time to watch this episode then. Exactly. I think that's a big thing we're going to start doing on our Twitter is giveaways, etc. We want to give back to you guys who are supporting us, helping us grow, etc. And then we want to help you guys with money or FIFA points to get team of the year, which is out this week, hopefully, at last. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for this week, thank you very much, guys. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.